Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode, as well as a brand new year, of Movies and Brews. I'm Jordan, and staring me through the screen here is Daniel. Hello, hello. Today, we'll be talking the new written and directed Aaron Sorkin film, The Trials of the Chicago 7. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and let's sit on the jury. Cheers. Cheers. Daniel, how you doing? New year? Yep, new year, new beer. Well, not new beer. I've had this beer many times before. For me, it's, yeah, new new year, new beer. So I got some uh, from Barlow Beer Company, their IPA called Yippee Ki Yay. Oh, the Die Hard one you were talking about. Cool artwork. Die Hard. Awesome. Loved it. Tastes good, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm should check it out sometime. Yeah, I'll keep my eye out for it. I know. I just got a cryo stash IPA from Hot Valley. Okay. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Those are good. Cool. Yeah. Well, Daniel, you excited for a new year? 2020 is over. Woo woo! 2020 is over. Now I can look forward to all the free HBO movies I get to watch. Heck yeah. Yeah, the lineup is uh, looking pretty good. I can't wait for Suicide Squad, even though I really, really still want to go see it in theaters first, but Same, still can't but wait for the new Suicide Squad. We will see. Options yeah. are there. In the meantime, what do we have in a couple weeks? WandaVision coming? Yeah, January 9th. Or, sorry, not January 9th. It's January 15th. 15th. Now, is that going to be all at once, or is it going to be like Mandalorian one week at a time? It's going to be weekly. Okay. Eh, I'm cool with that. They said there's going to be nine episodes in the season. Maybe we'll do a small review of the pilot episode just to kind of, you know, here's what's going on in the show. What do you think of it so far? That'd be fun. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to checking it out. It looked interesting. It looked different, and I liked it. Yeah, same. All right. Well, do you have some movie news to start the new year off with? Yeah, I've got a few. One, well, like we just talked about, One Division is going to be released on the 15th, but they, they I think, confirmed that it'll just be nine episodes long weekly releases okay. starting on the 15th. Sweet. So that'll carry us through the end of February, it looks like. So that's, that's good. Um, now, we also talked about that DC has pretty much confirmed that Ben Affleck is not going to be appearing in anything else, possibly the Flash movie, because he was also rumored, like, shot some stuff for that. So that might, he might be in that. But apparently Michael Keaton is in as, like, one of the mainstay Batman in the new DCEU that they're trying to It seems to be kind of a, a rumor at this point. It sounds like he definitely has a cameo in the Flash movie. So when we go visit alternate timelines, we're going to see a Keaton Batman. Right. Which, man, I I, I hope it's something... He's probably not going to have like the same kind of action to it, per se, but I hope it's something as epic as the Darth Vader hallway scene in Rogue One. I mean, I hope so. Just something that gives you chills where you're just like, oh, yeah. I mean, it just, I don't know. Like, I'm excited to see Keaton, but I'm just thinking about, like, how much better this could have been if they had actually just done DCEE, right? And then just, like, had, like, whatever mainstay Batman in, but then maybe concurrently running, like, Old Man Batman and, like, Batman Beyond movies. Using yeah, Keaton as like an elder, the Which older I version of the could Indian see it go in that direction. I, I don't. I think it's safe to say the DCEU nothing is really connected smoothly anymore as far as these movies go. Because, I mean, Wonder Woman 1984 felt like a one-off. Didn't feel like a sequel. 
slash prequel to like BVS or anything like that. It just felt like a complete one-off. Right. So, yeah, because there was like nothing, nothing that tied to the other movies at all other than Wonder Woman herself, right? Am I wrong? Right. I mean, like, yeah, besides that and Steve Trevor. Yeah, besides referring to the other Wonder Woman movie, I don't even, I don't even know any, didn't even hear or see any Easter eggs referring to any other movies. Yeah. I'm sure they're there. I just didn't uh, notice any. DCE, yeah, that's what happens when you just try to play catch up and you're just sloppy at it. Yep. You know, let let us get, like, I think I said this a long time ago, let us get tired of Marvel, which I'm sure some of us are, and then look forward to DC stuff because you guys are doing such a kick-ass job at it. Right. I know. I'm excited to see Michael Keaton as Batman, though. Same. Hopefully we'll see him in the suit. Same, same. Yeah. He he was, I so I didn't know he was in the movie we're going to talk about in a little bit. Did not know that until I sat down to watch it. I'm like, sweet. Me neither. A small but kick-ass part. Heck yeah. All right, what else you got for news out there? Uh, Okay, so there's that. And then the only other thing that I had written down is actually the sad news that Tanya Roberts, who played Midge from that 70s show, died on Monday night at 65 years old. Heard about that. Or actually, just before getting on here, I was reading about that. Yeah, I know. I actually had to double check because they previously announced her death and then somebody confirmed, like, no, she's still alive. And I'm like, oh, so I, I wasn't sure if it was like kind of misconception, like someone wrongfully reported, but I guess she was like, she was essentially on her deathbed and she okay. just hadn't died yet, which is too bad. That is, but, too bad. you know, like, yeah, we know she her was one of... from that 70s oh, show. Gosh, yeah. That's where most people know her from. Yeah. I mean, I've only seen her in A View to a Kill. She was a Bond girl and yeah. 70s show, which of course I loved her as 70s show. She was in that one famous scene, Donna. Those are my panties. Oh, Eric! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that one. That's early season uh, four, too. That is a classic, classic scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was too bad to hear. Well, she, but she'll be missed. Haven't seen her anything except for Bond and 70 Show, but still loved her in those roles. Yeah. Yeah, no, she was great. She was a great cast member for that show. So, yeah, to start out the new, there's no other really big rumors going around for things. Casting. I didn't see any. You got anything that you heard of? Uh, let me see real quick. I felt like I heard one more thing. Of course, they're still saying um, Indiana Jones 5 is happening, which I'm still just kind of like, hmm. No, thanks. I only watched the first three. Never watched Crystal Skull. Never going to watch Crystal Skull. Oh, I know uh, Guy Ritchie has cast Carol, you oh, I can never pronounce his last name, Ewells, Wesley from uh, Princess Bride. He mm-hmm. has uh, cast him in something called Five Eyes. Hmm. I've never heard of that. So that would be cool because I love him as an actor. If I could just pronounce his last name correctly. Wesley. Yeah, I just call him, that's what, I just call him Wesley. <laughs> and everybody knows who you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, maybe there isn't too big. I think Michael Keaton, as far as rumors going around that he might play a bigger role than just a cameo on the new DCEU stuff is going to be it's kind of the stuff this week floating around. I just hope they don't waste him. I hope not, because, man, even at 68, I want to see him in that cape and cowl again. For sure. Especially just a perfect setup. Like, you could... 
Like he's too old to play Batman. Exactly. So have him be in a bat suit and realize he's too old to play Batman. Give up the cape and then Terry McGinnis, Batman Beyond. Boom, boom, boom. boom. Oh, that'd be awesome. So cool. All right. So fucking easy. Well, why don't we move on here, Daniel? And let's get some other stuff we saw this last week. So what have you started your New Year's out with? Oh, man. I'm trying to think. I think just watching uh, Harry Potter 3 and 4 with Shiloh. I think that's the only other thing I watched this week besides the movie. You didn't watch your assigned film? No, I forgot. (laughs) Daniel. I know, I know. I forgot. Oops. So I watched Harry Potter 3 and 4 instead. All right. Hmm. I'll watch it this week, I promise. All right, well, I'll say it because I watched it as well. I'll save it and we'll watch. We'll uh, talk about it next week. Fair enough. <laughs> I think you're gonna enjoy it. I hope so. I really enjoyed Annie Hall. Yeah, it's not to me. It's not up to the same par as Annie Hall per se, but it's still really good. And there's some great moments in it. It's really funny. And Diane Keaton's really good. So she's in it as well too. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. It's what's really cool. So have you read the premise about it at all? No, I didn't. Just about a guy. Um, yes. Yeah, at the beginning of the movie, you know, his wife divorces him, and it's just his struggle to get back in the game as far as like meeting women and stuff like that. One thing that's really cool about this is uh, he loves old cinema. It's a film critic, is what it revolves around. He loves old cinema. He loves Casablanca. It's kind of like, um, uh, it's yeah. What I guess you never saw True Romance. How uh, Elvis yet. Elvis always appears around our main character in True Romance. Well, his his um like invisible friend if you will is humphrey bogart and it's really done well oh okay right right okay cool yeah and it's only 85 minutes i know quick quick hour and a half no problem to the point yeah so no fat on the bone just to the point good stuff all right well yeah that's all i watched this week but we'll talk about it next week um shall we get into it talk our main movie on tap this week let's talk the Trial of the Chicago 7. Mm-hmm. Trial of the Chicago 7, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. The story of seven people on trial st- stemming from various charges surrounding the uprising at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago, Illinois. So going into this, I I probably, you know, in history class in like high school and college had read about it, but not really paid much attention, I guess, because I just kind of had, I guess, forgotten about this particular trial. Um, I guess the, the biggest thing for me going in that got me excited for this, though, because I'm not really into the uh, courtroom dramas I find it. I tend to find those kind of boring, um, but the thing that got me excited was Aaron Sorkin, as we all know, amazing writer. Wrote one of my favorite movies, The Social Network. Written just all kinds of other great, amazing stuff. So this was his sophomore debut as a director. First one being Molly's Game, which I was a big fan of. Were you a big fan of Molly's Game? Yeah, I mean, I really liked it. It was a very entertaining story. Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to this and, you know, kind of looking forward to see, like, all right, well, what, what's Sorkin going to do next? Is he going to kind of start leaving his mark as far as, like, his 
director mark like so you, you know when you watch it you're like okay this is definitely a sorkin film um i would say as far as the directorial stuff he did a good job but i was just slightly let down a little bit i think he could have made it more interesting because he kind of just had the camera on whoever was speaking at the time and i think he could have done a few more things to make it just a little more interesting and have a little more flow to it i guess because i mean we are watching a courtroom drama but otherwise he still did a great job and i mean i guess i could still see this being up for best picture and but yeah i mean i think what made this movie so great though is the characters all the actors that are cast in the roles and just the characters is what really made this film pop i mean i'll throw it out there like joseph gordon levitt as a lawyer awesome loved it yeah no i really liked him too and it's also really good to see him in more movies lately better it's nice to see him in this rather than a project power yeah no definitely not better. i it's... almost forgot about that movie till i was like going down my list trying to see what movies in 2020 i watched and then i came across that i'm like oh yeah yeah same same <laughs> there was that one mm-hmm. so or some of your thoughts though like general thoughts on the movie well general thoughts being uh you know we had you would text me be like hey we should watch this movie i'm like yeah yeah it's one that i thought looked interesting but i just Never got around to watching, but when I sat down, I'm like, I was actually, I really, really enjoyed it. Like, I didn't even realize Aaron Sorkin was the guy who did Molly's Game until you told me. But I guess that makes sense because it's more like a biopic, but the characters are interesting. They're like, it's entertaining, but serious. And it does a really good job of like going back and forth between serious moments and like comedy, you know? Mm hmm. Uh, and going into it honestly like I wasn't sure what we were gonna get like it starts like the character intros at the very beginning like first seven minutes just character intros to introducing you to the main cast and I thought they did a good job with that yeah I'm like I'm like that was wildly entertaining each one of them had like a fun little intro you know and then boom seven minutes in we're in the courtroom and I wasn't sure if that was gonna take place like I was honestly kind of hoping like if they nailed dialogue kind of like I was almost like hoping it was going to be like a hateful eight situation where like maybe it's all the rest of the movies just in the courtroom and it just rides on the back of like the tension and the acting and the dialogue between all the characters. Yeah. I, I was kind of glad um, to that. It, that is not what happened. But just because again, what we were saying, he just doesn't have the same skill as of right now, as far as like a Tarantino to pull that off. Right. I mean, like, I still enjoyed it, but I think it was for the most part pretty smart of them to like, you know, as they're talking about events, they're showing it. And then also a cool thing that I liked. Well, I, I guess we'll talk about it once we get into it more, but overall, like, while it wasn't quite what I was expecting, I, from beginning to end, I was hooked. I really, really enjoyed this, the whole movie. I didn't think it really dragged for me. I just was really invested in like what was going to happen in the characters. And like, I was just, because I didn't really, I don't remember ever learning about this in history class or anything like that. Yeah, so I I, again, I feel like I feel like I'm plot. sure I'm sure it was mentioned, but I don't recall like really, really taking a close look at it, studying it, or anything like that. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So start to finish, I enjoyed it quite a bit. But I got to say that last act was by far my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, everything in that last act that just happened. I, where do you think the third act kind of kicked off? Would you say is when we finally see the Keaton character? I would. Yeah, that's what when you say third act, that's what I think of is like because 
yeah, like Michael Keaton really isn't in the movie for very long, but the character that he plays and like the importance it is to the role and like their case mm-hmm. really kind of like sends it home. And it doesn't hurt that Michael Keaton's just really fucking awesome. And when he's on screen and playing his character, he's demanding like the attention of the in- literal entire room when he's in the courtroom. Yeah. He just has that. But yeah, so I would say third act is pretty much around the same time when Keaton enters the picture. Maybe so, a little bit before that. What'd you think? Uh, so I don't know if you just want to talk about the cast at all. Uh, I mean, again, well cast. I liked everybody. What'd you think of Sasha uh, Baron Cohen? Honestly, I had heard the most about him because like most people know him as Borat or I forgot the other one. Come on, he's in Sweeney he Todd. Did. Bruno. Bruno, yeah. Yeah. The dictator. Yeah. But Sweeney Todd. To shave the face. Oh, I've still never seen Sweeney Todd. To trim the beard. Oh man, we gotta we're gonna watch that sometime. But yeah, review. so I've never really seen him in anything but like his gag characters. But um watching it, I'm just like, okay, like it's the most I've heard about because he does like a really good job. And I thought his character was great, like great comedy when he was serious, like it came off as genuine too. Mm-hmm. And not to mention like his interludes of like things that are like as it cuts away from the courtroom, like because he usually cuts away like at the end of the day of that day in court and usually like one of the main cutaways that you see after that is him like essentially performing stand-up at colleges and stuff Mm -hmm. so i really liked that so it wasn't until one of the flashback scenes at the very end and i got to look in mainly at his attire and i was like wait a minute is this supposed to be the same guy from forrest gump and i looked it up and it is yeah abby hoffman same guy same character well real life character in forrest gump forrest gump refers to him as the guy that loved to use the f word if this and if that and every time he said something the crowd would cheer <laughs> that guy <laughs> no that's awesome i didn't realize <laughs> tell that. us about the war you mean the one in vietnam the war and fight viet fucking name <laughs> anyway but yeah so <laughs> I was like, that was a good real fun connection for me yeah i didn't realize that that is pretty fun but yeah like i know it's it's called the chicago seven but we really mainly focus on three or four of those characters you know because we mainly we follow heavily tom hayden tom hayden um, yeah abby we hoffman. follow abby hoffman i said david character. david was in david and jerry probably the two other really biggest characters yeah, I was going to say David Dillinger like doesn't seem to have a lot, a lot, but he still like has some really good moments. He's so. got a moment in the middle. So I, I didn't realize this until um, I was on IMDb, but um, say, he plays one of them, like, the uh, McDonald's brothers in The Founder. So he's. Oh, he's, really? Yeah. So he's been in a movie with Keaton already. Nice. Um, oh, my, and I guess, uh, let me see. And I guess Lee Weiner, who's the Tom Hayden's like partner in this and then we also which didn't realize because like when i first like we were all sitting down like there's eight people not including lawyers but then they also talk about uh, bobby seal is a huge part of the movie which he was i guess technically not a part of the chicago seven but was thrown into their case to make them look more scary and i guess more radical than for the public to kind of have their own perceptions of it Mm mm-hmm 
I guess he was thrown in there to stir up the pot and make them look right. Bad. And him him exiting be- it became yeah went from eight to seven obviously. Yeah, yeah. I thought he did a good job. So instant trivia. I guess this script. I thought it was fairly fresh, but or new. But I guess this script's been around for a while now. Sorkin wrote it over ten years ago. Here's how long ago this thing was written. Originally, Steven Spielberg was attached to direct it, which. I think with this exact same script and Spielberg directing, we would have had a better movie. Still a great movie with Sorkin directing, but I think with Spielberg would have just been a little bit more, there just would have been more to it. Um, but interesting though, so Spielberg was attached to direct it back in 2007. And while attached to direct it, he was planning on meeting with Heath Ledger to discuss the role of Tom Hayden that uh, Eddie Redmond played. Yeah, so. You know, he probably would have nailed that too. So crazy thing is Ledger passed away the day before he was supposed to meet with Spielberg. Damn. Yeah. So that was kind of crazy. Um, what was I going to say? Spielberg? Oh, Spielberg also wanted Will Smith to play the uh, Bobby Seale character as well back in 07, which I think back then, now he's too old for the part, but back then I think he would have been perfect for that. Maybe. I mean, I, I kind of liked how not all of these people are like unknowns, but most of these people you don't recognize, you know. Yeah, I knew I knew everybody from most of the cast. Um, one cast member that I was surprised to see was uh, where is he? Oh, I forget. Let me let me find. I guess quick. maybe that helped me then, because most of this cast like they kind of looked familiar, but I didn't really haven't seen a lot of movies with some like some of them you know like i recognize a couple people like the guy who plays tom hayden so damien young who plays howard he was on the first season of californication so that was kind of fun to see him again but yeah other than that go ahead i'm saying i think it just helped me like these characters aren't like i've never i haven't seen really any of these besides sasha baron cohen that like had like any real established characters that i was like had in my mind while watching it you know, but even Sasha Baron Cohen, like he was so good and played such a drastically different person than from the two things I know him from, which are those, you know, his really weird out there like characters that it was enough a detachment that like it didn't, I never even really crossed my mind. Wait till they see him as a barber. <laughs> well, so I mean, I think that helped. Um, I don't know. And I was kind of going back to what you said about steven spielberg well modern's like i guess maybe in 2007 maybe he's not quite there yet but now he's just like adds more fluff to his movies like i feel like it would have spielberg he would have spielberged it up a little bit and i like this movie like like i said wasn't like completely dramatic all the way through but the dramatic moments really work and the comedy moments really work. And I don't know, I feel like Spielberg kind of lost the ability to kind of like walk a nice fine line between the two. Yeah, All right, we'll see. I still look forward. Or maybe He's... not lost the ability, but he doesn't usually do that anymore. Yeah, I still look forward to his movies. Oh, I think it was uh, Netflix. I just noticed they put on Catch Me If You Can, speaking of Spielberg. Nice. Totally watching that tonight. Either that or we're just going to... Uh talk about it and review it soon <laughs> maybe um let's see what else was i gonna mention i'm looking at the cast here uh i'm still just great cast everyone was awesome i guess let's talk some favorite moments i mean i think from this point on it's just gonna be spoilers but yeah let's talk some favorite moments here okay what about you let's say in the first two thirds of the film first two acts 
what was this? I mean, really, the first two acts, like, for the most part, I am really locked in to when Joseph Gordon-Levitt's on the screen. I'm really locked in when Sasha Baron Cohen as, like, Abby Hoffman is on, and I'm locked in when we're talking with Tom Hayden's character. Real quick, as far as cast, Mark, uh, I think it's Rylance, how you pronounce it, the guy that plays Will, Bill, William. uh, Yeah. He was great. And I think he stole most of the scenes he was in, especially when they were back at the house talking. And we'll talk about one particular scene in a little bit, but I thought he was great in every scene he was in. Yeah, I mean, the, all, all the cast is, like, was really great, but I was really locked in when we were following these people, which are like, kind of the main people that they show most frequently mm-hmm. on screen. But Oh, and Bobby Seale. Bobby Seal, yeah. like anything with him, I'm just because again, like I kind of told you, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. But like when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, I'm having fun, I'm really intrigued, and like the movie hooked me right away, and that carried me, carried throughout the entire movie for me, because I really like the dialogue, I love the interaction, I love the individual characters and how they interact with each other, since they're also like they're not all part of the same group mm-hmm. that they're being tried as, so they all have very unique personalities to each other. Like, it doesn't really feel like only, like, I guess, like, the two hippies feel like um, they're, they don't even feel like they're the same dudes. Same hippies. You know? You know, yippies. <laughs> yeah. But everybody, like, feels so, like, different, you know? But they all mesh together really well. And, but like I was saying yesterday, like, watching, I'm like, I'm so entertained, but also, like, how all of them are getting railroaded, but especially, like, when Bobby Steele's getting railroaded, but all of, I mean, all of them are literally getting, like, railroaded to hell and back by mm-hmm. this judge so every time you're like yeah they're making a good point so he's like and then he'll be like no yeah, strike it from the record uh no no i don't think so we're not gonna the jury's not gonna be in here when you're for that because i don't deem it it's it's not good enough and they're like that's our smoking gun well whatever you yeah. know so you're just like so unbelievably fucking pissed off all at the same time yeah <laughs> like I'm, I'm wildly entertained but i'm also super fucking pissed <laughs> throughout like most of the movie well, hey, i mean that's that's the sign of some good direction then that you know pulls you in emotionally i mean i i love the script i loved all the dialogue moments um one of my favorite moments though was by far um was the this is in the third act uh well first off i love the michael keaton stuff when they're talking to him at the house or his oh office. yeah that was like one, probably one of my top scenes and then when he's in the uh, courtroom great stuff great moment there my next favorite though is i love um the back and forth between william and tom when tom is playing the audio tape and we're doing flashbacks to the night of the event yes that was that really moment good. you could feel the tension there and everything like that the back and forth the going back to the flashbacks and back to present time just everything was just the intensity was there like that was probably my favorite part of the whole movie was that scene yeah and i'm glad you mentioned that scene because no like you're right the tension was there and also like it also kind of makes it even more impactful because they're not doing it in court he's like we can't put you on the stand now he's like no i can take it and then his own lawyer just like literally like okay well let me let me rip you a new one and you'll understand why we can't do that. Yeah. So he's like, cause until that point, like they actually like, I mean, Tom Hayden is every scene that has the lawyers in it, like outside of court, he's with them. Cause you know, he's kind of like, you know, he has some sort of education. Like he seems smart enough that 
they either let him come or they invite him to come to help with their case. So he kind of sees like one of the leaders. So he, he thinks he's kind of like, no, I got this. And then he's just like, no, you don't. And then they just rip him to shreds. Mm-hmm. Because like, yeah, if he was on the stand, he would have been super fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so good, so good. And I do like how he had his moment to shine too at the very end there, reading the list, the name. Yes, I know. At the very end, I thought he was just going to be like, oh, short, brief, and respectful. I honestly just thought he was just going to tell him to go fuck himself. Yeah. But when he's like, goes back some reasons, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Because like you, they mentioned it at the beginning, yeah, a little bit in the middle, but you kind of like, it's kind of in the background. Uh, and then, so I kind of had, didn't have the list in my head until he's like, oh, well, here's 4,000 names. <laughs> Yeah, you just, know, that have died that just, a... just since this trial started. Here's Americans that have died since then. I, it's just, oh, so crazy to me. Yeah, I know because we kind of like haven't even mentioned that the backdrop is they're all protesting the Vietnam War in one way or another, and they all try and get like permits for the same place to protest. So they all are kind of just like all grouped in this huge amalgamation of like a bunch of different groups, and then shit hits the fan. A riot breaks out in Chicago, and they're all arrested. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're on trial. But oh, and I also we haven't mentioned yet, but you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Richard Schultz character. One, I'm really glad that they. I mean, I don't know if this is. Well, that's the thing. I don't know if this is fluff, or if it's kind of what happened. But cinematically, his character works really well, and what they did with him specifically in the movie i guess if this isn't really based in reality but like towards the beginning when he's invited and they're like oh we're gonna prosecute these guys and he's like well the previous you know the previous investigation showed that they were not connected there was no conspiracy and they just kind of tell him tough shit we don't care you're gonna prosecute them and he Mm -hmm. asked them specifically like what do you think of them and he's just kind of like well i don't think they're guilty they didn't do anything illegal uh, uh he, he had some good moments i love i like when uh we see him with his daughters outside yeah. of the courtroom that was a good moment and when he stands when the names are being read off and everybody else is starting to stand and the guy behind him is like what are you doing he's like honoring the dead yeah i know like he has a very specific like few moments like yeah you get the feeling like and they even mention it in the the park scene where he's like i get it you're just doing your job you know and you know so you get the idea that he doesn't like he doesn't think they're bad guys but he's doing their his job which doesn't really necessarily like totally redeem the character because he's still taking part in the like literally like illegal railroading of these people Mm -hmm. you know but they do a good job that he's not a completely irredeemable character and towards the end like yeah like you said like when they were reading off oh that that was a great moment the names that he's just like he's what are you doing like respect for the fallen sir yeah like i don't care who you oh, are you don't great disrespect moment. great Cole. moment oh he was oh i'm so glad he's gotten back into acting i i mean what is it what did we say he has done i think we talked about some project power is he i think snowden was like really the last is he running his own business now though is that why he's kind of dropped off acting a little bit yeah he owns some media company i forget oh, what okay. it's called oh he's so good though so, yeah i mean project power crap movie but oh, it's so good to see him back though in something like this and he, right. yeah, he was great um trying to think some uh last thoughts here uh, i mean 
again, my favorite stuff is just all in that last act. Just everything from Michael Keaton's scene to the uh, back and forth between William and Tom to just that very last moment. Uh, just good stuff. Good stuff. I, I just really, really enjoyed myself. It's I'm yeah, probably, again, not going to be something I go visit often because I'm just not super into courtroom drama stuff, but this is definitely a solid film. I've given like Sorkin a little bit of flack a little bit, but he still did a really good job directing this. I mean, he's still got some talent. I would still say, give your script to something like a David Fincher or even a um, Danny Boyle, but still he's got talent. I don't know. Like, I guess I'll slightly disagree. Like, you still seem like you like the movie, but I'm like, I really, like, like I said, I was hooked from beginning to end. And while I don't know if I can't really say I do or don't like courtroom dramas because I haven't really watched many, but I really enjoyed the courtroom aspect of this because I was really just like, again, like I was like getting heated, but I'm also like, oh, these characters are great. And then just like all this shit that happens with the judge. What the fuck are you doing? Like, how are you allowed to continue this trial? Yeah. You know, but and also learning about some of the stuff because I had told you that I had been reading into it because I'm like, okay, I wonder how much is like cinematic and what's more real. But I was reading a Times article about the movie and how they said like a lot of the events were actually toned down instead of played up. Like, I guess like one of the big things is during uh, the trial, I don't know which day, like it goes, I mean, the trial goes on for like six months, I think. So I kind of lose track of like what days because they come back for. But one of the things is when Bobby Seale like speaks out of turn one too many times to the judge. So they tell the the officers to take him to the back and then they just beat him and gag him and then put them put him back in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's the day like when that happens in the movie, you know, just Gordon Levitt and all the other uh, lawyers go up and they're like, dude, what the fuck? Like even just like he's a u.s citizen and he's gagged and bound in u.s court like that's not right and then you know they give him his mistrial that he's been asking for uh apparently he didn't get his mistrial for three days so he's gagged and bound in the courtroom for three days before they gave him a mistrial Jeez. <laughs> and also i guess well i mean i wasn't sure but i'm like apparently he was more beaten in reality too like really fucked up Uh, messed up yeah i'm like i don't care who you are that just i don't know how anybody would be okay with that and then one of my favorite actually one of my favorite uh parts of the movies that we haven't mentioned yet that actually kind of builds off that moment is when all the lawyers are there and they're all talking like dude like he's gagging down like give him a mistrial you made him sympathetic like what the fuck are you doing that's just not right that's just a green levitt and then the other lawyers i forgot his name but like their main lawyer was talking, he's like, this isn't right. Like that you're not being fair. You're discriminating against them. And then he asked the audacity, the judge like, no one, I've lived a long life and nobody has told me I've been discriminating against a black man. You're the first. And then the lawyer next to him, when he says like, well, let it be on record that I would be the second. <laughs> and he's just like a one, two, like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I, mean, I thought that was a really good moment too. Yeah. I thought uh, as far as acting goes that Frank, um, I think it's Langella, played played the guy perfectly. <laughs> yeah. As far and as playing his, a douchebag. Like, and his character intro at the very beginning within the first seven minutes was one of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, good stuff. All right. Well, uh, let's start wrapping this up here. Um, I think if we have to grade this out, I give this an A minus, you know, very solid still. I mean, excellent script. Very still very solid directing. Um, great acting. I enjoyed it start to finish, but I definitely just that last act just had my held my attention. So which a last act should some some films drop you in the last act and just like, yeah, well, they really drove it home. Yeah, they totally drove it home. So yeah, I definitely give this a minus for sure. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I know, not much of a difference. Like, I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, honestly, right now, I'm sitting at, like, an A+. Like, really loved it. Honestly, I'm just, like, thinking... I've been thinking about, like, I just want to watch it again. And I've also been looking up, like, what books I could buy to learn more about the case. Like, more specifically, you know, like, to get, like, more of, like, a realistic... Well, I think uh, Abby Hoffman has a book called Steal This Book. He does, but that's... I guess that's more about the counterculture of the time, not necessarily about the case. Okay, but they do. They did re-release like the official transcript from like book that was written like fifty years ago. So that was okay. recently re-released, and then they also have some a book called Conspiracy on the Streets, which I through my research sounds like another like kind of definitive book on the trial. Yeah, and I'm giving this yeah slightly lower grade than you, just based on rewatchability. Mostly great movie, but I just don't think I'm going to be one that I go back and revisit over and over. I don't know about over and over, but I'm definitely probably going to watch it again pretty soon. I'll probably drag either Shiloh or Gavin to rewatch it with me. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Any last thoughts on Chicago 7? The Trials of the uh, Chicago 7? No, that was it. I loved it. I thought it was really great. It was really funny, really informative, and made me really mad. Best Picture? <laughs> what do you think this wins? I'm thinking it gets nominated for Best Picture. I bet you for sure nominated, but probably going to win for Aaron Sorkin for writing. I don't know about directing, but he'll definitely get nominated and probably win for writing. For like screenplay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like it I I have to look at like a full list to like or I, you know, I don't have one in front of me, so I can't really say I'm like I don't know what I've seen that like gripped me as hard as this movie this year. So it's definitely like seems like it could be nominated, but I was like, yeah, if it won for if it didn't win for best picture, which I mean, I'm not even Sonic sure. Sonic the Hedgehog had me just emotionally. Well, screenplay wise, I think this could probably win. <laughs> Action wise, no, no chance. <laughs> Sonic all the way. <laughs> Sonic, yeah, there you go. Fuck, I kind of forgot that was well this past year. <laughs> And I could see some of this cast getting nominated for at least. Um, I could uh, see Sasha Baron Cohen getting nominated. You think so? You, you know, oh, it's one thing I was going to mention: role, watching watching him in left. this really makes me wish he had been cast as Freddie Mercury. Still, yeah, I forgot that was a, almost a thing. I would love to have seen a Freddie Mercury version or a, or, a wait, Sasha Baron like Cohen cast, and then he's like, "Well, this isn't like he was cast going too but far enough." He didn't agree with the band's script that they approved. He was like, "No, let's go darker. Like this is kind of fluff. Let's go darker with the story." And really, like, like I think with him, we would have kind of seen a script where it was um, early '90s. Mercury's got is closer to death, not looking so great, recording their last album, and then we do flashbacks. I think it would have been more of a darker, kind of more serious like that. Still would have seen right. some band performances and stuff like that, but it wouldn't have been as 
bright, colorful fluff as we got with Bohemian Rhapsody the way it was. Anyway, yeah. he, he didn't like the script, so he bowed out, or the band said, no, we don't want you anymore if you don't like our script. And, yeah. Yeah. But I think he would have made a great Freddie Mercury. Yeah, I think so, too. So, but, yeah, good stuff here. So, yeah, that's a A plus and A minus for the Trials of the Chicago 7. Daniel, where can they find us? They can find us online on movies underscore brews and on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what you thought about this. Loved it, hated it. Like, let us know if there's anything that the movie got wrong or, you know, twisted a little bit. That'd be great to know. And crap, I was going to mention one more thing, but I forgot. Don't worry about it. All right. All right. All right. Well, hey, thanks everybody for uh, downloading the podcast. If you like it, share with friends. And again, once again, just want to say Happy New Year to everybody. Happy 2021. May it be better than 2020. God, I hope so. I hope so too. I don't know if I can handle a whole nother year of more 2020. Oh, gosh. (laughs) It's going to be different for sure, but I don't know. I just want theaters to open again. I just want to go back to the cinema so bad, Daniel. I know. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. Cling. Cling.